Tennessee football can be one of the best teams in the country in 2024, and there's two reasons why. Nico Imaliava and James Pierce. Tennessee Stars bookend Citrus Bowl dominance. We'll recap it all here. Plus, Bruma McCoy's back. All that on a Wednesday, Locked on Balls. You are Locked on Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, good Wednesday morning, everybody. Welcome to Lockdown Balls. We're a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it is your team every single day. I'm your host, Eric Kane. As you can tell, my voice has regressed. Um, it, was, it was really starting to come around towards the end of last week. And then um, on, on, uh, on Monday, I guess, because I was talking to so many people of the game, my voice has uh, regressed. So I do apologize. I know it sounds like I'm smoking a ton of cigarettes. I'm sorry. I know it's not appealing. My voice will crack throughout this 30-minute program. So you're going to hear it crack. It's going to be embarrassing for me, um, but we're all I'm, I'm laughing with you. I'm laughing at myself because I know I sound just ridiculous. So for those of you guys listening and watching right now, please bear with me. When you talk for a living, you just got to work through it sometimes, and it really sucks. But thank you so much for being here and, and for, for listening with me. We're going to continue to go back and look at that Citrus Bowl win. I was in a hurry to get out of Orlando, trying to hit the road. I actually got up to Macon, Georgia. Monday night. So we only had about a four and a half hour drive Tuesday morning. So made some great timing, but we were trying to get our work done. Plus they were kicking us out of the press box. I can't stand places that treat media that way. Anyway, that's a story for another day. So I wanted to get something out there for uh, a Tuesday lockdown balls. I know it was short, didn't have a microphone, sounded like crap, uh, but let's go back and talk about it here uh, today. we got a fun show coming up. Citrus Bowl thoughts. Brew McCoy is back. That's huge news for Tennessee in 2024. Scoring plays courtesy of the Vol Radio Network in segment two, and then stats and Kaner grades. The big three, obviously, Nico's performance, James Pierce, and really my third is just kind of, you know, three years in, if you would have told me back in January of 2021 and February of 2021, when Tennessee just fired a coach for cause, fired three members of its staff, you know, 30 players starting to the transfer portal, potential bowl games, potential vacated wins, fines, recruiting restrictions, all that just kind of looming above you for this program. If you would have told me in February of 2021 that Tennessee in this first three years under Josh Heupel would go seven and six, including bowl, bowl wins and losses here, seven and six, 11 and two with an Orange Bowl win, and nine and four with a Citrus Bowl win, I would tell you you're crazy. Yes, eight and four is a little bit disappointing coming off last year. I recognize that. Eight and four shouldn't be the standard. But by golly, I mean, hey, I'm from Jeff County. Let it slide. I mean, listen. You were not the death penalty. I don't want to be dramatic here, but I mean, things were bad. Things were really, really bad there before, you know, when Hypo first got here. And to see where this program is and just to finish off year three, which was a frustrating year in many, many ways, with just an absolute dominating butt whooping, it's pretty satisfying. It's pretty satisfying. So, my third, like my final, like from the big three, if you will, is Tennessee football is in good shape. Is there work to do? Is there areas where you've got to recruit better? Does the staff need to be better recruiters? 100%. There are members on the staff that have got to get in gear on the recruiting trail. No ifs, ands, buts about it. Does the staff need to commit to playing more young guys? I'll get into that here in a moment. My, my gosh, it just, it, it just makes no sense to me. But overall, 
Has this staff under the leadership of Josh Heupel done a good job? Heck yeah, it absolutely has. Nico was incredible there. See my voice crack right there. Talked about it a little bit on yesterday's show. Didn't have to be amazing through the air. In fact, he was very pedestrian is kind of what I've been calling it. All right, 12 and 19, 151 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. Didn't turn the football over. I thought that he probably turned the football over in his first start against a defense like Iowa. He did not. He protected the football. He took what the defense gave him, and that's really, really good for a five-star true freshman to come in in his first start and just take what the defense gives you. And that's what Nico did, um, you know, with Iowa on Monday. And, you know, I, I thought with the run game, he didn't have to be, you know, ungodly through the air. With the run game and his ability to stretch plays and run with the football, which he did, you know, the, the, the stats are a little bit misleading because if you look at the stats, it says uh, Nico rushed for, see here, it says Nico rushed for 27 yards on 15 carries. Well, in fact, he had 51 yards rushing on nine carries. If you take out the six sacks, you know, that kind of held him back a little bit. So the offensive line, the protection issues where he was sacked six times, and that was an issue for Nico and for Tennessee. Taking a little sip of water out there to help me out. Um, that was an issue for Tennessee, and that was that was not going anywhere. I mean, I thought the tackles played really poorly. Um, I thought at times the interior was kind of getting blown up a little bit, but Nico showing the pocket presence, showing the awareness to step up, to move, to elude. And there was a couple of times where he needed to throw the football away. There were a couple of times where he needed to get the football out of his hand. Sure, he was not perfect. Um, he'll continue to work through that, and he'll continue to get better. But overall, I thought Nico was really impressive. You know, three rushing touchdowns that ties a Tennessee bowl record with James Littleman Stewart, Joshua Dobbs, for three rushing touchdowns in a bowl game. He had four touchdowns overall, you know, concluding with that 18-yard touchdown pass uh, to McCallan Castles in the fourth quarter. I thought Nico was really impressive, um, and I'm so glad that we have nine months to talk about, you know, what we saw from Nico in the Citrus Bowl. I would warn you a little bit, you know, because we thought we spent all offseason talking about what we saw from Joe in the Orange Bowl. If you remember, there was a lot of people that didn't want to remember, but there was a lot of three and outs. There was some ugly football offensively in that Orange Bowl at times, but it was overshadowed because Nico, or excuse me, because Joe was really good. You know, 251 through the air, three touchdowns, had a 46-yard bomb to Marmel Keaton down the sideline and all that, and that was great. But we kind of overlooked some of those gross-looking three and outs and, and bad series and bad drives. You know, Iowa's defense was much better than Clemson's. Clemson's defense was okay that year. Iowa's defense was much better than Clemson, and Iowa's defense forced seven punts. Iowa's defense forced six sacks. So there was still some ugly football. Don't get me wrong. There was still some ugly football in this game, but... Tennessee ran the football with Cam Seldon and Dylan Sampson. I thought did a really nice job. Nico ran the football and did a really good job. And Tennessee was able to string some things together in the second quarter and, and, and move on in this football game. James Pierce is really good. The, um, I mean, Iowa's offense was, is, and will forever be horrible in 2023. Just is, is what it is. Brian Ferentz, who's, you know, getting fired, got fired in October, but it's weird because he coached the rest of the season. He's the son of, you know, Kirk Ferentz, and it was a it was an interim AD that fired Brian. It wasn't Kirk that fired him, so it's a whole weird situation. Anyway, <clears throat> as you can see that, though, my voice is cracking. Um, I'm just working through it, guys. I'm doing the best I can. The offense was so bad, and I'm not trying to, you know, say – 
you know, sweeping declaration here. Tennessee's defense is a ride. Tennessee's defense is incredible and all that. I mean, Tennessee did exactly what it was supposed to do. And Tennessee creating opportunities for itself. Tennessee creating big plays, sacking the quarterback, I believe, six times, forcing seven punts themselves. Um, you know, a strip sack there inside the 10-yard line, an interception for Andre Turrentine that really swung some momentum after a third down sack given up by Tennessee, a shank punt by Jackson Ross. Iowa gets the football, drives the length of the field. Andre Turrentine picks off a, a Deacon Hill pass in the end zone. I thought the defense did a great job. Elijah Herring, this was his football game. This was his speed. He did a cut that is so embarrassing. Let me try that again. This is his speed. There we go. My voice didn't crack. Elijah Simmons played a really good football game. Tyree West played a really good football game. Um, Tennessee did a lot of good things. Tennessee did a lot of good things. And, of course, it was highlighted by James Pierce. James Pierce, what can you say? He is a stud. If he keeps his head on straight, continues to get better, doesn't have any off-the-field issues, he is going to be a first-round pick in 2025 in NFL draft. He is really, really good. Twitch, quickness, speed. And he's got room to grow. He's got room to get stronger. He is obviously one of the best pass rushers at the SEC. He was an all-SEC you know, player this year. He's borderline all-American right now. And showing that he can drop back to a hook curl, step in front of an out route. I mean, again, Deacon Hill is horrible. Deacon Hill's decision-making process was terrible. Shouldn't have threw that ball to Andre Tarantown that he picked off. James Pierce was right there. I don't know why he was throwing that football there, but James Pierce gave him credit. Stepped in front of the out route as an edge defender out in pass coverage, intercepted the ball, and sprinted down the sidelines. Tennessee's going to be really good in 2024, in my opinion, because you have Nico on one side, you have James Pierce on the other. Two absolute studs to build around if you're Tennessee on both offense and defense. And that was kind of accumulated there in the Citrus Bowl. So, hey, when we come back, we'll hear um, a little bit. I'll talk a little bit about Brew, his decision to you know come back and, and be a part of this room for Tennessee in 2024. Plus, we'll hear scoring plays courtesy of the Vol Radio Network. That is coming up next right here on Lockdown Vols. Do you want to tell you about our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs? LinkedIn Jobs, at the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question, all right? It's the same question. What's the one move that I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help find right, the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just like any other job board, all right? LinkedIn has a vast network of experience, more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy. When you have that, that many quality candidates, so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get qualified candidates within 24 hours. It's why small businesses rank LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus its leading competitors. You can go ahead and post your job for free today at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That is linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. 
available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, guys, welcome back into your Wednesday edition of Locked On Balls. Working through this, my voice is really bad. It cracked about seven times there in segment number one. I know you're laughing at me, but I'm going to try to talk a little softer, try to get through this, and uh, really appreciate your patience. Again, as you can tell, I'm very self um so critical of this i'm very it's embarrassing so that's why i've mentioned it 17 million times i'm going to stop mentioning it um let's move on guys hey bru mccoy announced he's coming back huge news something that we knew of all quest for quite some time um something that we mentioned on the board i say we awesome price he's he's the adam schefter um you know he kind of put out there you know a couple of days ago that essentially bru's coming back and you know that's big because you look at something that i thought hurt this offense in 2024 and i'll say this i was right about running backs um you're in this industry, you talk in front of a microphone for 30 minutes every year or every day. Um, you write stories. You're going to get a lot right, and you're going to get a lot wrong. just kind of comes with the territory. I was right about running backs. I thought Tennessee's running back field was going to be one of the deepest and uh, best in the SEC. I was right. I was completely wrong about Tennessee's wide receivers. I thought with Brubach, with the, with the way Ramel Keaton came around, with the emergence of Squirrel White and the addition of Dante Thornton, I thought Tennessee could overcome losing two third-round picks. I thought Tennessee could overcome losing the Blitnikoff Award winner, losing Cedric Tillman, who was a stud. I was wrong. I was wrong. Um, Brew got hurt. He's a steady, you know, you know, presence out there on the edge, but also he's your best blocker. And Tennessee loves the the screen game. Um, Dante Thornton did not show up until you moved him to the outside, and he started to come around a little bit towards the end of the year, and then he got hurt for the rest of the season. Ramel Keaton regressed, and and really, when you look at that um, that bomb that he dropped from Joe Milton in the, in the Virginia game, when Joe was on the opposite twenty, like he was on Tennessee's twenty left hash, or the the left number twenty, and then he threw it to the to the right twenty, you know, down the field, just a beautiful ball, and and Keaton just dropped it. It felt like Keaton was never ever the same after that. He struggled throughout the season, and um, he took a step back. Squirrel was great. Squirrel was fantastic. Thought the young guys thought Ramel Keaton or thought uh Brew. Gosh, thought that uh, Chaz Nimrod, thought that Caleb Webb did some things, thought they came around, but also they were absent at times. So my point is, the wide receivers took a step back in 23. But in 24, you look at that group now, Squirrel's back, okay. At the time of this recording, Dante Thornton's back. And I say that because I'm not saying I've heard anything, but they just recently passed that you know, NCAA, that if you transfer once, you can transfer again. I mean, literally, it's NFL free agency every single year. It's pathetic. It's a horrible, horrible rule. But right now, hence, um, hence Wesley Walker, he transferred in once, and you're always allowed to transfer again if you graduate. Wesley Walker hadn't graduated yet, and so you thought he was going to be stuck here at least through spring. But then the NCAA came out and said that you can transfer again, no penalty, and so he hit the transfer portal. So I say all that, you know, Dante Thornton, Gerald Mincy, um, you know, some of these other guys who have transferred in, I'm not saying they're going to transfer out, but you have until Friday. You have until four days after your bowl game to make that decision. And so, um, you know, I'll, I'll be paying attention to that potentially. So at the time of this recording, obviously, you got Squirrel coming back. You got Dante Thornton coming back. You got Chaz Nimrod, Caleb Webb coming back. You add Chaz Braz- or you add uh, Chris Brazel, who I think is going to be in stud for Tulane, and then you bring Brew McCoy back. So you have outside guys, Brew McCoy, Chris Prazel, Dante Thornton. I wouldn't put him back in the slot. You know, Nimrod Webb. You have Squirrel White as your slot. You add in Mike Matthews. You add in Braylon Staley. 
this wide receiver room is is, is going from a, a weakness to a strength, in my opinion, and that's huge. And Brew McCoy, just a calming presence, um, veteran, knows the offense, believes in the system, has benefited from the system. It's good to have in the room, and obviously he's a pretty good player as well. So that is huge. That is absolutely huge for Tennessee. Tennessee gets its wide receiver back, Brew McCoy, who unfortunately suffered a season-ending injury, missed the last, oh, we'll call it eight games of the season or whatever, at least seven games of the season, and uh, is going to come back for 2024. Also, Gabe Lolly, no surprise, he came out and announced that he's going to, you know, he had one year of eligibility left, the COVID year, but he's going to forego that and go to the NFL draft. He was already a fifth-year college player, and uh, he wanted to take his chances with the NFL draft. We we knew that was – we didn't expect – Gave Judy Lolly to be a part of the team next year, but you know, that kind of makes it official. Everybody has been clamoring and everybody has been complaining about the secondary for years. Well, every starter is gone. It's brand new. Kamal Haddon is gone. Gabe Judy Lolly is gone. Danico Slaughter is gone. I'm counting all three of those guys as starters because they pretty much were. Okay. Tank McCullough, gone. Wesley Walker, gone. Tamiri McDonald, gone. They're all gone. Tennessee is starting completely over in 2024 in the defensive secondary. It's exciting, right? It's exciting. Well, you asked for it. Here it is. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm not saying that's a bad thing at all. Some of the, I mean, John Slaughter needs to play. Andre Turntine needs to play. Ricky Gibson needs to play. You know, but you know, here it is. Jeremiah McCoy is going to be a big part of that room as well. Here it is. So uh, I just kind of found that interesting. Hey, let's give a listen to the scoring plays. From the Citrus Bowl, Tennessee dominates Iowa 35 to nothing. As always, I have written and verbal permission to play these audio clips, courtesy of the Vol Radio Network and IMG. Um, here's what this sounded like from Bob Kessling and Pat Ryan. First, it was Nico Iamaliava in the second quarter, a 19-yard touchdown run to open up the scoring. Tennessee led 7 to nothing. Second down and 11, Tennessee at the Iowa 19-yard line. Iamaliava, quarterback draw. Gets to the 15, gets to the 10, to the 5, to the end zone. Touchdown, Nico Iamaliava, 19 yards on a quarterback draw. Showed good spurt of speed right up the middle. And Tennessee's on the board first with that quarterback run by Tennessee's quarterback. I love that play because it was a design quarterback run. They showed the willingness to... It's not just Nico making hay out there like, oh, pocket's collapsing. I'm going to evade pressure. I'm going to I'm gonna get out of here. I'm going to run. He needed to do that because the offensive line had a rough day, uh, pass blocking at least. Uh, they had a good day run blocking. But um, it was Tennessee having the ability to call design quarterback runs to allow that running back to be the extra blocker out there, okay? And this was set up beautifully. Dylan Sampson missed some blocks in pass pro, but he had a nice block on this quarterback draw for 19 yards. Also, Dylan Sampson had, had runs of 19 and 15 yards on the seven-play, 73-yard touchdown scoring drive that took 213 off the clock. So I thought that was uh, uh, really, really good. All right, so that was the first score. On the next Tennessee possession of the second quarter, it was scoreless first quarter. Tennessee gets on the board midway through the second quarter. Next offensive possession, Tennessee gets on the board again. Worked once, we'll try it again. A design quarterback run for Nico Iamaliava, three yards out, and Tennessee took a 14 to nothing lead. Here's the snap. Come around the left side. Nico Iamaliava darts in for a Tennessee touchdown. His second rushing touchdown of this first half. That's from three yards out, and Tennessee leads Iowa 13 to nothing. 11 play drive, 68 yards. Um, it was interesting. Tennessee. 
Iowa under center, I formation, multiple tight ends and all that. Well, Tennessee did a a number of that as well. Had two tight ends, had three backs in the backfield to get a fourth and one conversion. Lined up again on that a couple of different times in short yardage situations. Uh, Cam Seldon had that series. He had uh, rushes for eight yards and 13 yards on the drive as well. He was the lead blocker on the quarterback sweep, essentially what it was. To the short side of the field, Nico took the snap out of shotgun. Cam Seldon was your lead blocker. Sweep around the left edge. Touchdown, Tennessee. So that was great. Into the third quarter. Guys, I'm sorry. My voice is so bad. Into the third quarter we go. Just a couple minutes left in the third quarter, okay? And it was third and seven from the four-yard line. Iowa's own four-yard line. Deacon Hill drops back. Hello, James Pierce Jr. Strip sack. Beautiful play. Okay. It's actually Joshua Joseph that that you know from the other side that makes Deacon Hill step up. James Pierce from the other from the top side of your screen comes down, tackles Deacon Hill, strips the football. Joseph jumps on it. Tennessee has it first and goal from like the four. Two plays later, Nico Iamaliava, a short field, his third rushing touchdown of the day, and Tennessee led 21 to nothing. High formation again. Sampson the tailback. Nico under center. Nico, play fake, rolls out to the left, looks for the end zone. Looks, now he's going to take off running. Close, dives. Touchdown, Tennessee. Nico Iamaliava, his third rushing touchdown of the day. As that time he rolled left, he looked into the end zone, nobody was open, and then he took off running and dives into the end zone, and the Volunteers up the lead to 20 to nothing over the Hawkeyes. Just a heady play. Just a heady play knowing, like, hey, it's not there. Let me just go get it. Let me go get it. And Tennessee took advantage of the short field. Well, (laughs) again, less than three minutes of game action later, Iowa gets the football back again. Deacon Hill drops back. It's it's an edge rusher in James Pierce that typically gets after the quarterback, but there are some situations where you're covering number three or you're taking your hook curl drop and then and then pushing flat. That's kind of what this was. You took your hook curl drop, then you're pushing flat, and uh, you had the number one receiver that went out, you know, 10 yards and out. James Pierce is right there. He drove on it, made a heck of a catch, 52 yards to the end zone. This is what it sounded like, courtesy of the Vol Radio Network. Hill back to throw. And he throws it. It's intercepted by Pierce at midfield to the 40, to the 30, to the 20. Pierce going to take it all the way. A pick six, 52 yards for a Tennessee touchdown. He read that one all the way, stepped in front of the Iowa receiver, and James Pierce picks off the pass and takes it for a Tennessee touchdown. Yeah, so just just, just what a play, right? I mean, just, just what a freaking play. And then last but not least, Nico, three rushing touchdowns. He caps his day with an 18-yard touchdown pass to who else? A tight end for Tennessee. A combined nine touchdowns for Jacob Warren and McCallan Castles this year. Castles gets the last laugh. His one year ended on a high note with Tennessee. A touchdown in the Citrus Bowl here is how it sounded. Second down and eight. Tennessee at the 18-yard line. Nico throws down the sideline to Castle, catches, gets to the five, and into the end zone for a Tennessee touchdown. I think yep. the touchdown as Castles came loose down the near sideline. Nico Iamaliava hit him in stride, and then Castles just fights his way into the end zone for a Tennessee touchdown. There was a question to where McCastles, if he was down before the line, before the goal line or not. 
ended up, he scored, and, and that was it. I mean, Tennessee, 35 nothing. What more could you want? Tennessee just dismantles. Get some help from the defense. Don't get me wrong. Short fields, a pick six. Tennessee just dismantles Iowa, 35 to nothing to win in the Cheese at Citra Bowl. Woke up feeling the cheesiest this morning, even though I can't, I don't sound like it. Woke up feeling the cheesiest this morning. I'm sure you did as well. Hey, when we come back, we'll take a quick look at some stats. Really just kind of focus on some caner grades. That and a whole lot more is coming up next as we conclude this Wednesday edition of Lockdown Vault. Stick around. All right, guys, welcome back in here to your Wednesday edition of Lockdown Vols. I'm your host, Eric Kane. Appreciate you for being here. We'll take a look at some stats that matter. We'll do some more pro football focused stuff on tomorrow's episode, but um, here's just some basic stats. Tennessee, 383 yards of total offense. That's more than 100 yards, uh, you know, more than what Iowa was giving up on average. So that was impressive. Okay. Iowa, just 173 yards of total offense. And if not for that backup quarterback that came in and started running all over the place, he had 51 rushing yards in that one drive. I mean, Iowa, would have been, Iowa, that offense would have been around 120 yards on the day, which is not good, but good for Tennessee's defense, obviously. Passing yards, Iowa had 60 passing yards. 60 passing yards with a very revamped-looking defensive secondary back there. Again, worst passing offense in the country, but still 60 passing yards. Tennessee had 151 passing yards. Tennessee rushed for 232 yards which is slightly over its season average. Tennessee's always been a really, really good running football team. Iowa had been, on average, giving up 102 yards rushing per game. Tennessee rushed for 232. Iowa rushed for 113. Punts. Goodness gracious. Tennessee punted seven times. Iowa punted seven times in this football game. Possession time. Tennessee Tennessee won the time of possession, surprisingly. Tennessee possessed the football 31 minutes. Iowa possessed the football for 28 minutes. Third down conversions. Get this. Tennessee dominated, but Tennessee also punted a ton. Okay? Why did Tennessee punt a ton? Well, it was 3 of 12 on third downs. Tennessee was 3 of 12 on third downs. However, Iowa was 2 of 15 on third downs. Um, Tennessee was 2 of 2 on fourth fourth downs. Iowa was 2 of 4. Um, you know, some big things that matter. We'll go into some some canter grades here, and I'll throw out some stats. Uh, Nico Iamaliava, quarterback grade for me. He's going to get a B plus. I mean, there's not much that I'm going to find uh, that was wrong with his game. A couple of times, that clock seemed to tick a little faster. A couple of times, he needs to throw it away. A couple of times, he needs to get rid of the football. He missed just a couple of throws. One was behind him, a, a, you know, a drag across the middle of the field. But overall, I thought he was really solid. I thought he made good decisions. He didn't turn the football over. He went out there and made plays. He's a gamer, right? He went out there and made some plays and looked really good doing it. He rushed for three touchdowns. He threw for another. He had four total touchdowns. Nico gets a B-plus, man. I was really impressed with him. I was really, really impressed with him. I thought he did a great, great job. Um, Let's go to running backs. Running backs in this football game. I've said it a couple of times. Dylan Sampson had the quietest 100 and let's see here. 133 yards rushing. The quietest 133 yard rushing day I think I've ever seen. 20 20 carries. 20 carries, 133 yards. He averaged 6.6. Cam Selden, 55 yards on 13 carries, 4.2 yards average. And then again, Nico Iamaliava. The stats say, as my voice cracks, the stats say 15 carries for 27 yards. But if you take out the 24 yards lost, okay, on sacks, on the six sacks, he had nine carries for 51 yards. 
really impressive. So, the run game, running backs, there was a couple of miss assignments in pass pro. Dylan Sampson got his quarterback drilled a couple of times. You know, there was one third and short where Cam Selden kind of tiptoed through the line. So, I'm going to give the running backs a B. But overall, I was really impressed with what Tennessee's one-two combination of the backfield is going to be next year. And Dylan Sampson and Cam, and with Dylan Sampson and Cam Selden, I was really impressed. Uh, tight ends, you know, when you rush for 232 yards and you catch an 18-yard touchdown pass, I think your tight ends did a pretty good job. Both Jacob Warren, McCallum Castles, tight end gets an A. Wide receiver, going to get a C here. There were some drops. Romel Keaton had a drop. Romel Keaton also just kind of stopped running on one of those deep balls down the near sideline. I mentioned there was a couple of drops for Nico, and if Romel Keaton would have kept continued to run and would have hauled in that pass right at the goal line, you know, Nico's stat line through the air would look a whole lot different. Should have, could have, would have. I get it. But my point is there were some drops, and then that one pass play, Keaton just stopped running. I don't know what he was doing. But Keaton had a couple of drops. You know, overall, Samson had a, had a missed pass pro. He had a drop as well. I'll give the receivers a C in this football game. The aerial attack was not the story in this game, but I'll give the receivers a C. And then offensive line's a little confusing, okay, because you rush for 232 yards. It's really impressive, especially against this Iowa defense. It's really impressive. However, you gave up six sacks. Your tackles got their tails whipped all night long. You know, there was some interior pressure. It is what it is, right? I mean, Mincy's giving it his all. He's playing on one leg. He's injured right now. You know, Dane Davis just wasn't a good matchup. Um, J.J. Crawford was in there trying to help out a little bit. Jackson Lampley, Ollie Lane, Cooper Mays. I mean, all those guys. It just was what it was. So, on one hand, you did really good, you know, blocking for a really good running attack. On the other hand, you had no answer for third down. They were just getting after Nico. Tennessee was having to punt. So, the offensive line is going to get a C-. minus. I can't give a failing grade to an offensive line that blocks for 232 yards rushing. I can't do it. I also can't ignore six sacks. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So the offensive line is going to get a C-. minus. I think that's fair. Defensive line, A. James Pierce was incredible. Tyree West was really, really good. Easily, Tyree West, his best day in a Tennessee uniform. thought Elijah Simmons played really, really well. thought Amari Thomas played really, really well. Thought Bryson Easton did some things. That Tennessee defensive line came to play. And oh yeah, all of, the, of those guys I mentioned, Tyree West, James Pierce, Amari Thomas, Bryson Easton, we believe Elijah Simmons, all those guys are coming back. <laughs> all those guys are coming back. That's a good thing for Tennessee. Defensive line gets an A. Linebackers get an A. This was Elijah Herring's game. Huge sack on third down in the first defensive possession of the football game. He was fantastic. Thought it was a rough, rougher game for Jeremiah T. Lander. Thought uh, Aaron Beasley did okay. Um, Tennessee played Jalen Smith, who came in, played seven snaps, did a really good job. Tennessee's linebackers get an A. Now, wasn't a whole lot of playing in space. So playing in the box, big on big, tight ends, fullbacks, running backs, you know, extra tackles. Tennessee, Tennessee won that battle. Tennessee did well in that regard. Linebackers get an A. Defensive backs get an A. Again, you allow 60 yards passing. Enough said. Andre Tarantown, what a play. You know, what a play there. Special teams get a B minus. Uh, there was a, you know, a wind got a hold of uh, one of the kickoffs and it wasn't very good. There was a shank punt. 
Uh, special teams get a B minus. And then coaching. Overall, coaching did a good job, but I'm going to give coaching a B. You know why? I will continue to say you're up 28 to nothing. You're up 35 to nothing. Okay. You're up 21 to nothing in the second half. And let me read off some things to you here. Okay. Jalen McCullough, 57 snaps. Andre Turrenton, 57 snaps. Gabe Judy Lolly, 52 snaps. They played pretty much the, the entire game. The entire game. Whereas, whereas, Christian Hare, or I'll save him. Jordan Matthews, four snaps. <laughs> what, what are we doing here? Caleb Herring, four snaps. John Slaughter, four snaps. Christian Harrison, who I believe they are moving to safety in spring practice. Okay. Got 15 snaps of quarterback. What are we doing? What are we doing? That makes no sense. No sense whatsoever. Coaching, you get a B. But overall, Tennessee dominated 35 to nothing. There's really not a lot of things to complain about. Tennessee whipped that tail and finishes the 2023 campaign with a 9-4 and four record. All right, I'm going to shut up. I'm going to go gargle some salt water. I'm going to get this voice back right if it's the last thing I do. Sorry for apologizing so much, but I'm going to do it one more time as my voice just cracked right there. I know it sucks. I know it's gross. Thank you for being patient with me. Thank you for sticking with me. And uh, for anything else, if you just want to laugh, tune in tomorrow and let's see if the voice is any better. This is Lockdown Balls.